It's the Punk Rock Classrooms podcast, Punk Rock Collaboration with Christine Ravisi Weinstein. Hey everybody, it's Josh Buckley, co-host of the Punk Rock Classrooms podcast, and I am super excited to bring you our first Punk Rock collaboration episode. Uh, Mike and I have decided, you know, we've met so many great people on Twitter and through our PLN that we wanted to bring some people on and collaborate with them and give them a space to share what they're doing, what we think is awesome about them, and bring it to you, our listeners. So this very first episode, we are super excited to have on Christine Ravisi Weinstein, who just put out a book called Anxious, How to Advocate for Students with Anxiety, because what if it turns out right? Uh, it is a it is a great book that you can pick up, uh, and you know we're I'm super excited for her to be our first guest. Christine and I sat down and chatted a little bit over Skype, uh, so I'm gonna throw it to the interview, and I hope you guys like it. All right, we've got Christine Ravisi Weinstein with us today to talk about her book, and I'm excited that she's our very first guest for our punk rock collaboration episodes. And so, Christine, welcome to the show. I'm so glad you're here. Thanks for having me. This is this is awesome. I'm so honored not to just be on the show, but to be your first guest. Yes. Uh, crazy. I'm so psyched. Thank you. Yeah. You know, Mike and I, you know, we really wanted to reach out and we, we know the book's out. I've got my copy right here with me. And yes! so, uh, I, you know, we want to talk about a little bit, especially with what's going on right now and, and, you mm-hmm. know, people being in a place where maybe their anxiety is a little higher. Uh, so Christine has written a book called anxious, how to advocate for students with anxiety, because what if it turns out right? It's out on uh, Lead Forward. Uh, it's in a Lead Forward series on what's the, it's the publisher is? Times uh, 10. Times 10. That's what it is. Out on Times time 10 Publishing. So Christine, could you do us a favor? I mean, I, our audience may not, you know, they may not follow you on Twitter. They may not know you. So can you tell us a little bit about yourself and a little bit about, you know, what you do? Absolutely. Um, so I right now work as an assistant principal um, at a high school um, in Massachusetts, just outside of Boston. Um, and I'm actually, this is my second year doing that. Um, and prior to that, I was a classroom teacher for 15 years. I taught science um, and I really kind of honed my, my, my craft and my skills um, by taking over an AP biology program that was sort of floundering. Um, and they just handed it off to me mid-year, like the teacher just up and left, was like, Ooh. I'm an Audi, like I can't do this, <laughs> is it for me? Um, and they came to me and I was really skeptical about taking it over. And then 10 years later, um, it became like a family. I did that um, for over a decade. My last um, four years as a classroom teacher, I, I um, was a department head as well. Okay. And so that's really where I started my career in ed leadership. Um, and I was able to start taking a lot of what I applied in the classroom and try to help other educators create communities and, and safe spaces for kids. And, you know, um, I've always been a mental health advocate mm-hmm. um, as someone who suffers from anxiety, but um, my ability to really kind of take my career and supplement what I'm doing as an ed leader with mental health advocacy um, took off as I realized the power of the authenticity that I brought to my classroom. 
um, and I started a nonprofit with a former student who was suffering from anxiety. We had um, come together and we bonded over our illness, um, and I kind of mentored her um, informally in school okay. um, with the blessing of her parents who were like, she's a great resource, use her. Um, and so we did that. And then when I um, switched jobs, I had worked for 15 years in the same school system. Okay. Um, and then when I jumped to being an assistant principal, I, I, I changed school systems. Um, a colleague of mine said, hey, like, I found your nonprofit online. This is amazing. Have you ever thought about taking what you do outside of the classroom and bringing it into the classroom and trying to teach educators, like, how they can support students that are in front of them? And I yeah. said, you know, I'm not... I guess I hadn't really thought of that. I've always kind of separated the two. Um, and, and, you know, he said to me, why don't you try to like write about your experience and how it applies to education? So I started doing that. And lo and behold, um, I sent an article I had written to a, an online publisher, um, eSchool News, and they, they picked it up. And it actually, I mean, how lucky is this? It became the most read article of the year. Wow. Um, that's which is awesome. Unbelievable, right? Like who would have thought like one that it got picked up and then it, it, it was so well read. And so people started asking me a lot of questions. I work out and I run a lot. And they said, you know, what do you think about when you work out and run? And I said, well, how much I hate it. But <laughs> like, you got to think about other things, you know, yeah, and, so yeah. I do, and they encouraged me to like, try the whole vlog thing, which a mm -hmm. lot of people are doing online and like yeah. run and stuff. Um, and so I started doing that and people like wanted to listen to what I was thinking about. And then from there, um, a publishing company, Mark Barnes from Times 10, who's phenomenal, his mm -hmm. company is amazing, saw me and they reached out and they were like, write a pitch. That's and awesome. Like, the rest is history. So I, you, you've taken this, this piece of, you know, something that you were doing outside of the educational realm and kind of brought it into teaching. So what do you think, what do you, why do you think that there's this, this hunger or desire for educators to kind of do this work that you're doing or, or learn about, you know, what you're talking about in the book, uh, helping students with anxiety? Well, I think it's really twofold, to be honest with you. I think the, the first issue is that one of the major um, symptoms of, of anxiety for students is avoidance. Mm -hmm. And so that can either be work avoidance, it could be social avoidance. Um, and the other thing it can be too is sort of misbehavior, right? So like, yeah. When a kid's not comfortable in the space, they'll do whatever they need to do to get out of that space. And if that means, you know, doing something inappropriate to get out of the classroom, then that's a win. Um, and so I don't, I, I think those are the most difficult things to manage in a classroom, especially when you've got 20 or 30 kids in front yeah. of you, right? Like, how do I manage this one kid that just doesn't want to do work and I can't make a connection with? And so I think that's why it resonates. I think another reason it resonates is because I think that so many people suffer from um, aspects of anxiety, whether clinical or not. Mm -hmm. And it's not something that's talked about. You know, we all, it's, it's a, I, I like to call it a silent illness, right? Like it doesn't, people can look at me and I've had people say this, like, you have anxiety? And I'm like, yeah, it's terrible. And yeah. they're like, no way. And I'm like, it's a constant battle, right? Like it looks different in every person. And I think adults realize that like they're struggling with it too and like, oh my God, here's this person that's like, this is normal. Like yeah. you're struggling with it. Your kids are struggling with it, you know? And I think that's, that's why people have kind of like latched onto it. 
Yeah, I, from the introduction in your book, you're talking about, you know, you give this very personal personal story about this, the, the anxiety moment that you're having, this sort of panic attack moment you're having of just getting on public transportation to yeah. go home from Harvard, right? Like, yep. just that moment right there. And I think it's such a relatable thing, because although we might not have the exact same moment, there are times when we we feel that same sort of like, I don't know that I can do, like, I don't know what's stopping me from doing this thing, but I don't want to do this thing, you know? And so just, just from the start of it, I I found that first, you know, the introduction to be really sort of resonating about what that looks like. So can you, can you give our audience a little bit of a taste of like, what do you, what's in the book? What's the book? What's the true message of the book sort of, and, and what are you hoping to accomplish with, with writing the book? So I'm really, I'm really hoping to accomplish two things. One, I'm hoping to normalize the illness. And so, um, you know, the book was, there were moments of the book that were a lot more difficult to write than mm-hmm. I ever anticipated. So you, you talked about the introduction. Um, that introduction took me weeks to write because I don't, I, I think it was therapeutic for me. Um, and so the book in and of itself is a risk in that I'm putting myself out there in an attempt to normalize this illness, right? So mm-hmm. here's someone that for all intents and purposes is quite successful, right? If you look at my resume, I've accomplished a lot. Um, and I want people to know that like, that doesn't make a person, right? What right, makes a right. person is what their daily struggle is. And I have a daily struggle. Um, and that's that's the first thing I want people to, to get out of the book. The second is it's filled with stories. Um, you know, obviously that personal story, and it's filled with yeah. other stories that, um, although the names are made up, um, that are all in some way um, an experience of mine, right? So either a story I was told or a personal experience or whatever. And so I want people to really see how normal this is. The other aspect of the book is I want everyone to understand that to help these students with anxiety, it really doesn't take a lot. It's about authenticity. It's about validation. It's about observing things that might seem out of the ordinary, which in order for it to be out of the ordinary, you've got to have a really good fundamental right. relationship yeah. with these kids first and foremost. And then it's about asking questions. So one of the biggest things that causes educators to not advocate for students is that when they see a student struggling, it's uncomfortable for them. And when we're uncomfortable, we want it to stop, right? We don't like <laughs> right. And so that's why we make missteps. They're, they're unintentional. We'll say things like, it's going to be okay, just don't worry about it. And we're saying that to help ourselves, not the right. kids. Right, yeah. right. Because you just want it to end. It's like this kid is freaking out. And we're like, what do I do? Just don't worry yeah. about it. Um, and so I want teachers to understand that like, it's not about if you're uncomfortable, like take the risk, yeah. let yourself be uncomfortable, ask the question, and then come up with a strategy to help that student out. You've got to normalize the illness for them and you've got to validate what they're feeling. And that in and of itself is going to create students, illness or not, that are self-advocates. That's great. And I think one of the really, as I, as you know, looking through the book and uh, I think one of the really cool things about it is that there's every chapter, there's sort of a, here's a strategy, here's something mm-hmm. you can do that I think, you know, as, as educators, we often, you read a book and you're like, okay, that's great, but how do I do it? How do I do right? it? And so I, I think it's really great that inside of this, you're giving some very, not complicated strategies, mm-hmm. not difficult tips, but stuff that like you can really read today and go like, oh, I noticed that. I, I can do that with my kid in my classroom and, and, and have that. And so how did, what are all the, I mean, I, I know that you you deal with anxiety yourself, but where did all of these sort of 
tips and tricks and sort of little yeah. things come from? That's a really good question. <laughs> I would say that to be like, I tell people like people like, oh, you're the anxiety expert. And I'm like, well, like, don't assume that in some ways, like I'm not, I always tell people like, I'm not a certified clinician. Like yeah. I don't want you to be like, well, she said that it didn't work. Like shame on her. The bottom line is that these strategies that I have in the book are either strategies that have worked for me personally, strategies that I've used with students in my classroom that have been very successful, um, and strategies that I've used with my kids. Um, mm -hmm. And they're also, some of the things that I've seen are things that educators have done that I've seen that haven't worked. Either things yeah. that I tried prior to being privy to all this that didn't work, or things that I've seen um, colleagues uh, do that didn't work. You know, one of the, one of the things that I like to, to pinpoint is small attainable goals. Like I'm at the point now where I almost hate that strategy because <laughs> I'm struggling. My closest friends will be like, someone once said make small attainable goals. And I'm like, oh crap. Like it comes back to haunt me every time. Yeah. But it's such a simple thing. And it's a great reminder that, you know, when you're looking at a big picture, that's when the anxiety is going to feed off of. It's right. Gonna, right. That's going to start to fester. What you got to do is start looking at things in smaller windows, right? Um, and so most of the strategies are things that personally have worked for me um, and that have worked for me as an educator too. Well, that, that's awesome. And I think, you know, you just said this small attainable goal piece and this idea of like looking at it from the big that, you know, that when we look at this big giant thing, and I think what, what educators are facing literally this week, probably, as they listen to this is we have this giant thing in front of us, this idea of flipping the switch on learning and going remote or e-learning or whatever you want to call it, that can seem incredibly daunting. So what as an administrator right now, what are you doing to kind of help process through your, maybe your own anxiety about this move as you're leading teachers through this, as you're leading students through this, what are, what are you doing to sort of to, to handle this for yourself? Yeah. So that's, that's a twofold question, right? It's like, what am I doing to try to help educators get through this? And then what am I doing for myself to help educators? Um, my administrative team specifically is really focusing on, let's not look at how long we're going to be doing this. Like we right now in the state of Massachusetts, we've been told by our governor, we're going to return to school on May 4th, I believe, but no one really knows if that's going to happen <laughs> yeah, because yeah. so many states have already canceled for the year. Right? right. So let's not even think about May 4th. Like this is the first week of remote learning. And as an administrative team, we said, let's, let's provide our students with one meaningful task. One, yeah. just one, right. Yeah. That's a small attainable goal. Like, this is new to everybody. Let's not be like, well, I got to do this every day. And I right. got my computer for this many. Hours. Like that's just, that's ridiculous. Right. So <laughs> right. one small attainable goal, one assignment, like let's try to get in touch with all our kids. Let's see who's available online and remotely. Right. Yeah. And let's give them one thing and, and see like what percentage of kids are capable of accomplishing that. So I'm, I'm really trying to, to help teachers look at it just a week at a time. The other thing that I'm trying to do is I'm really trying to help support teachers in their use of technology they might not be comfortable with. Yeah. So we had a teacher today that struggled with some conduct during a Zoom meeting. And so we talked a lot about like try to tease out what specifically happened. Yeah. And then instead of being like, well, you know, let's punish these kids. We just were like, okay, moving forward, what are some things that we can do next time to maybe try to prevent something? Right. Like that, right. Like. Yeah. And then for me personally, I would say maybe I'm not doing as well or taking my own advice as well. Um, I'm definitely struggling with a lack of routine. Like, yeah. 
in my personal journey with anxiety, routine has been number one. It always has been, it always will be. Um, and you know, if I didn't have two young kids, I think it would be a lot easier to reestablish a routine for myself. But as uh, a father, you know how unpredictable <laughs> yes. kids can be. And you can in, you know, wake up and be like, okay, I'm gonna do this, this, and this today. And you know, your kid is crabby because they didn't sleep well. Right, right. Window, right? It so does. That, your plan has to change quick sometimes, especially right now. <laughs> yeah. So I'm really struggling with that, but I've set some small attainable goals for myself. It includes trying to get outside every day. Okay. That's awesome. Yeah. Even if it's, you know, uh, as, as you are, I'm a runner. So even yeah. if it's not like a, a run, but like today I went outside and threw the football with my son for about a half hour. Right. Right. And like, okay, I got outside right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's, that's been, that's been my routine too. I've been either trying to run or the same thing. My son and I'll go and throw the football and just like, okay, we got outside. We saw, we had some fresh air. Yeah. Now I can go bury my head in a zoom meeting for the next <laughs> however long. Yes. Know? And I have noticed that the zoom meetings are a lot more difficult for me than like the face to face. Yeah. Cause as I know how often you're in meetings. <laughs> I mean, I'm in meetings all the time when I'm physically at work, but yeah. I'm, I'm okay. But like, I'll sit in Zoom meetings for a two, three hour stretch at a time. And I'm like, I'm going crazy. Yeah. You know? yeah. <laughs> so it definitely has a different impact on me. It, it does for sure. So Christine, what I, what I want to do, you know, we, Mike and I always end the show um, with this idea of what have you been listening to, right? Like that's what we talk about. You know, we're, we're punk rock educators. We love music. And so I don't think it would be fair for us to wrap this up without asking you, what have you been listening to? And I know right now things are crazy. So maybe I've had an opportunity to listen to anything, or maybe it's like whatever your kids are having you listen to, but what have you been listening to? Um, well, the Lion King is on like repeat now. <laughs> the cartoon or like cartoon or the live action? Well, okay. My daughter likes to cartoons, call it <laughs> the pretend one is the cartoon one. <laughs> and the real one is the one like the live action one. Um, right. So that is not by choice. But, um, <laughs> My music uh, choices, they really fluctuate and they rotate. So like what I've been discovering for myself lately is when I work out, I need something that's like more kind of upbeat for myself. Mm -hmm. So what I've been listening to, um, I do Pandora a lot. Okay. I've been listening to um, a pink uh, radio Pandora station. Um, so that's- you get, all, you get all your dance pop hits with that. That's good. I that's do. Good stuff. And like, I think like- Pink is kind of a badass, if I can say that. I, I, I think she is. I think you're and right. So as like a, you know, a female with short hair, I feel like, yeah, she's like my power. <laughs> um, so I feel I can get through a workout. Well, that's awesome. And then, like when I come in and like I need to like freshen up and stuff like that, I've been listening to uh, Goo Goo Dolls Pandora, which gives right. me a lot of like, um, it gives me a lot of um, Third Eye Blind and U2 and Coldplay. Right, that, that late 90s, early 2000s, yeah, like that late alternative 90s. rock. Yeah, and I'm like, yeah, like stained will pop up. I'm like, stained. Okay, <laughs> okay. Or I'm becoming a little bit of a sucker for country music. So All right. I like Old Dominion, and I'll put okay. that on Pandora, but I'm like still a newbie. So, like, people will come on, I have no idea who they are. So, um, yeah. that's, yeah, I'm still like real fresh with that, but that's kind of like my kind of center me music. I well, that's awesome. Well, you know, Christine, thank you so much for coming on. I appreciate yeah. it. Uh, you want to tell people where they can follow you on Twitter? Absolutely. Yeah. So on Twitter, I'm at Ravesi Weinstein. I'm probably the only Ravesi Weinstein that exists. So uh, <laughs> it should be pretty easy to find me. 
And you can also go to my website, which will um, give you all the information about my speaking engagements, my book, and uh, articles that I'm, I'm writing. And that's just uh, RevesiWeinstein.com. So I'm pretty easy to find. That's fantastic. Christine, thank you so much for coming on. You can check out and you should definitely pick up Christine's book. It's called Anxious, How to Advocate for Students with Anxiety Because What If It Turns Out Right? Uh, Christine, thanks so much for coming on. I appreciate it. And uh, have a great rest of your day, okay? All right, awesome. Thank you so much for having me. This was so no much No problem, awesome. All right, talk to you later. All right, guys, thanks so much for tuning in. Remember that you can follow us on Twitter at Punk Classrooms. You can follow me on Twitter at Josh R. Buckley. And you can follow Mike on Twitter at EduChef Earnshaw. Uh, you know what? Thanks so much for tuning in. Thanks for sharing the show with your friends. Thanks for joining us and joining this crew. And Mike and I will see you at the show. <laughs>